This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Take your Bibles and let's turn to Galatians chapter 6. The scripture tells us that our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made. Each of us has a nervous system. It's amazing that you can get poked with a needle, you can get too, cl- hot or too close to a hot flame, and aren't you glad that immediately your brain is notified there's a problem? Thank God for all the parts of our bodies and all the work uh, that those parts do for the safety and the well-being of the body. Solomon talked about it in Ecclesiastes 12 where he says, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. And then he goes on to describe what happens when youth is in the rearview mirror and old age is what you're experiencing. And he talks about how the bones bend and wear out and and how the grinders, the teeth, how they wear out. Wednesday night, and I didn't say anything on Wednesday when I got here, but just before church we were having dinner and uh, I bit into an unfriendly potato chip. And when I did, it felt like a, a stone. And then I realized whatever it was, and I knew it wasn't the potato chip, it's still in my mouth. I broke a tooth. Immediately, the rest of my body was notified. (laughs) Houston, we've got a problem. And so I came to church, and God blessed, and I smiled. But I knew the next day, uh, you know, we were getting ready to leave to go out of town for a funeral service, and I needed to go get that checked out. And, of course, I'm thinking, I'm going to go in, the doc, and the dentist is going to say, well, this is easy, we're going to do this and this, you can be on your way. But then I got that dreaded news, we need to pull that tooth. So what I was hoping would be about a 20-minute appointment ended up about two hours. And praise God for pain medication, Amen. <laughs> But I was reminded that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and when one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. The whole body knows that. Realize again that God created nature the way He did, and even our bodies to help us understand His relationship with man and His inner working with man. And so these bodies that we have, God says, all right, you're very familiar with your body. Now let me explain that the church is my body. And all the members are essential. And when one member suffers, the whole body suffers. And by the way, that really is true. You say, that person across the auditorium, they may be hurting, they may may be suffering, it's not impacting me. Oh, yes, it is. It absolutely is. 
That's why we need to pray for one another and we need to be on high alert on how each other is doing so we can encourage uh, and, and help to let God work through us to strengthen them. And that becomes vitally important when a brother or sister in Christ is struggling spiritually. It doesn't mean that that is a sin problem. It could be just discouragement, loss of a job, loss of a loved one, uh, extended health problems, okay? Uh, but the Lord wants us to come alongside as the Holy Spirit prompts us to be a blessing to them. And it's vitally, vitally important, especially when they're struggling with a sin issue. And so as we look at this theme in Scripture, and, I, and when I think about this theme, here's what comes to mind. Loving enough to confront. Caring enough to go to someone and have an uncomfortable conversation, but an important conversation nonetheless. You say, well, I'm not very outgoing. I'm so glad there are people in the church that are willing to do that. Time out. You've been commanded to do that. In fact, what you need to realize is that there will be times where you become privy to information and you need to learn that that is the Lord letting you learn something so that you can be a help. Don't treat it like, oh no. Oh, is this a hassle? No. This is an opportunity. Uh, a good doctor, when someone comes into his office, he doesn't say, oh no, somebody else is sick. It's, that's his job to help. It's your job to help. And so when we look at this issue, caring enough to confront, caring enough uh, to be a blessing and help restore someone, we need to start out this morning looking at the seriousness of, of this issue. In Galatians 6, here's what it says in verse 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. For sake of time, I'm not going to go into all the wording here, but here's the imagery. The imagery is a broken bone. If someone is overtaken in a fault, then it goes on to say, restore. It's the idea of restoring a broken limb. Again, we're fearfully and wonderfully made, but there, there is a time when everything stops. Now, we can cut ourselves, and, uh, and that can be a, a quick fix or a couple of stitches, but if we know we have broken a bone, or you know as parents your child has broken a bone, the world stops. We have to get that set. We've got to get that taken care of. That is the exact imagery that Paul uses here to the Galatians. If someone is overcome by temptation, they enter into that temptation, they fall into sin, we've got a break in the body. There's a broken bone and it's time to address that problem. It's very serious. And thus, he says in verse 2, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. This is our responsibility. In 1 Corinthians 12, we won't turn over there, 
but again, the seriousness of this is reflected in the fact that we are the body of Christ. And in 1 Corinthians 12, that imagery is used. It doesn't matter how important you think you are to the body. Just understand, God says you're important to the body. That's why His Son died on the cross for you, and when you received Jesus as Savior, the Holy Spirit took you and supernaturally placed you into the body of Christ. There are many Christians that think, well, I come to church and I sit and I do my duty to God, and, and then I just, I, I'm ready now to, to, to go on into my week. You need to understand that as the body of Christ, you, didn't, you weren't saved to sit, you were saved to function as part of the body. Any part of the body that isn't functioning, we know that that in itself is unhealthy. We all know what atrophy means, okay? God made these limbs, these parts are by to function and to work, and the same is true of every Christian who is the body of Christ. And so for the body to be healthy, you need to be functioning as part of that body. You are given spiritual gifts. And you are also given spiritual responsibilities. And part of that responsibility is to go alongside someone who is struggling and to help restore them as God leads. And we're, we're going to see some of the specifics that the Lord gives us uh, in, in just a moment. But this is very serious for the health of the body, but most importantly, for the glory of Jesus. Did Jesus say anything about how much he loves his church? Yes. What did he say as far as imagery? He is the good shepherd, and what are we? Sheep. Does the good shepherd love sheep? Yeah. In fact, to the point that he said to us, whatever we do to another sheep, we do it to Him. So when we're a blessing, we bless Him. When we withhold, when we should be a help, God senses and knows that as well. All right, so this is a very, very serious matter. And we need to look at it just like as a parent or as a person, uh, when there's a broken bone, it's time to get full or uh, give our full attention to that to make sure that, that that thing is reset. And even if it requires surgery, we're willing to do that so that that mend is right. Amen? It's serious. It's a serious, serious matter. My, senior, or my junior year of high school, uh, Renee's not here. I'll talk about her, and I'm sure that that you won't say anything to her when she gets back. So I, I feel some real freedom here. Now, but seriously, uh, one of the things that perhaps you didn't know about my wonderful wife is she was a cheerleader, okay? In fact, she was small enough that on these, these high mounts that they would do, you know, where they stack them up and then jump off, she was always at the top. Uh, it was hard for me to focus on basketball anyway. Uh, but, uh, but I remember one afternoon being in our Christian school gymnasium. We're having basketball practice. And the way, way things were, the coach is talking, 
And off on the side, they had mats down, laid down on the, on the gym floor, and the cheerleaders were practicing. And I wasn't so much paying attention to the cheerleaders, but, but it got my attention when I saw something fall off the top of that cheerleading mount. And it was Renee. And the way these things sometimes work, when she fell, she didn't come down on the mat. She came down in between two mats. And when she hit the floor, it fractured her wrist. Now, here's what else I remember. I went, ah! and the coach jumped me for not paying attention to him. I've forgiven him. But anyway, so she went to the family doctor, and he, oh, I can fix that. Didn't do x-rays, didn't do all the things that needed to be done. I, so he thought he said it, put it in a cast. And that wrist hasn't been right ever since. In fact, uh, she's got a funny bone here and she's got a wrist that if she bangs that, it just, her, her whole world stops. It's, it's so painful. And we're, we're reminded when something is broken, You've got to fix it correctly. And we need to have that same concern and that diligence when it comes to the health of the body of Christ. And so the Lord shows us the seriousness of this. Remember in Galatians 6, those verses, that is written to you. Teenagers, it's written to you. If you know of another young person who's struggling, you have a responsibility to help them. Church, when you learn of something, it's your responsibility to help them. Well, I'll go to a deacon. It's not what God said. No, no deacons are mentioned here. Well, I'll go to the pastor. That's his job. No, it's your job. In fact, the Lord is very specific about that. Hold your play, or, or go from Galatians 6. Now, let's go to Matthew 18, and let's see the detail that the Lord gives us. When there's a broken bone, are the details important on how medical personnel approach mending that? Yes or no? Are the details important? Yeah, x-rays are important. You don't guess at that. You have to know, and if, if an orthopedic needs to get involved, you do that, but, but you got to get it right. And so the Lord in Matthew 18 says, all right, here are the steps. But before he gets there, here's what else he teaches us. And this goes back to the seriousness of this. The Lord has a child there. You remember he brought a, uh, there were children there. He brings a child into the midst, and he says this. If anyone offends one of these little ones, and, and he's referring to children, he's got a special place in his heart for kids. But he's also referring to his kids. Any of my little ones, the Lord is saying. And by the way, we are little children. We never stop being God's little children. And so if one of those little ones gets offended, God takes that personally. When one of his little ones in the church, you, me, when we offend one another, the Lord senses that and it grieves him. Uh, the Lord sees, he knows. 
And, and so that's how he sets the tone. And then, beginning in verse 15 of chapter 18, he starts giving us this guidance. Moreover, if thy brother trespass against thee, if he sins against you, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Now, details are important. If he sins against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. Now, more generally, Galatians 6, if there's any sin, any fault, and you become privy to that, you might see something. Uh, you might just be in that spot where you hear something or you know something. It's time, it's time to go. And remember that any sin against Christ is a sin against the body. It does affect us. And so we go alone. And verse 15 here tells us the whole goal is to gain thy brother. Help him be right with the Lord. Gain thy brother back so that there's unity, nothing between, nothing between uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more. And then we have this quote from the Old Testament that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. So you go alone. By the way, that going alone, that's most often where the problem gets solved. God didn't say, go to a bunch of people and tell them about the problem. Uh, you go alone. Now, so, sometimes we like to do this. Can I give you something to pray about? No, you're in disobedience if you tell others and you don't go alone and just deal with it. All right, but if they won't hear, then take two or three more. And then if they won't hear them, notice how the text continues. And if you neglect to hear them, tell it to the church, verse 17. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Now, why would the Lord say that in verse 17? Simply, here's the reason. If you're a child of God and you have a brother or sister and they say, there's something between us, you've sinned against me. You need to talk that out. That doesn't mean that because they came and they said that there's sin, that there is in fact sin. You can get things wrong. I can get things wrong. And that ought to be a time where they go, I, I don't see how I sinned, where you go to the Word of God together, you search the Scriptures. And it may be that having done that, there's still not agreement, but, but you, it's not honest for you to confess to something that you don't think you did. And so two or three more, you've got witnesses, but that's even more help, multitude of counselors now, to be able to ascertain, uh, in fact, did we offend the Lord? Is there really a problem here? Now, most times it is pretty obvious, and if they won't hear you and your witnesses, then it goes to the church. Then it becomes a church matter. Is that really what the Lord wants? Yeah, and Paul speaks to it in detail in, in uh, his first letter to the Corinthians. And so, yeah, uh, it's a family matter. Now, here's, here's the danger. 
when we get to that point, those steps where it has to come to the church, the danger is, well, I don't think it's anybody's business. We don't want to make this a big deal. Time out. If there's a broken bone, is it a big deal? Yes or no? Yes. yes. This is the stuff that destroys churches. And so we have to believe that God knows what he's talking about and we take the appropriate steps. Now, it's not saying here that if you have questions, you come to me and say, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with a problem. I'll probably respond, no names. No names. Okay? Is there something you don't understand from the Scripture that I can help you with? We can talk about those things, but then I'm going to encourage you, obey the Scripture and go take care of the issue. And by the way, if you want me to be one of those witnesses, you can ask whatever witnesses you want, all right? But uh, we need to follow what God has said. So the steps, God's very specific. The details matter. Now let me give you a couple other pointers here that will help you in your problem solving. Along with these steps, we could go to other passages, and for sake of time, I'm going to move quickly here. But here are a couple other things, four other things that will be a help to you when you're working through one of these issues and trying to help a brother or sister in Christ. First of all, ask yourself, have I asked God for help? We shouldn't do anything without praying about that first. Don't go in your own strength. Don't go in your own wisdom. Go in the strength and wisdom of the Lord. So you need to bathe that thing in prayer have you asked God for help? Number one. Number two, is my timing right? After I've talked to the Lord, and by the way, while you're talking to the Lord, ask God to give you wisdom about your timing. Is my timing right? So here's, here's just a little hint, something obvious. The church foyer is not the place to try to deal with this. All right? Going alone is my timing right? Is, is, are we in a place where it's quiet, private, we're not going to be interrupted, nobody's going to overhear, uh, we're not going to be pressured by other things and people moving around? Right, is my timing right? Number three, do I have the facts right? Do I have the facts right? Now here's something Simple, but, but I have found this to be a great help for me. Always go asking questions. Don't go making statements. Here's the thing. Questions open the heart. Statements close the heart. And so you may have seen something, but here's what you need to ask. I was here. This is what I think I saw. Did this happen? Is this what was said or whatever? All right? Do I have the facts right? He that answers a matter before he heareth it, it'll be folly and shame unto him. Okay? Ask, ask questions. Don't assume. Love thinks the best about the, you know, it, it thinks no evil. Uh, and so let love, the Holy Spirit of God, produce that fruit in your heart so uh, that you work to get the facts right. And then finally, ask this question, is it sin 
or should love hide it? Is it sin or should love hide it? And by, by sin, is, is the brother or sister in Christ, are they guilty of going against the word of God? You know, a brother or sister in Christ doesn't have to agree with me about everything. And if they disagree, that's not sin. I've met Christians where if you don't see it my way, you've sinned against me. Okay? No, we have to agree with God. We don't have to agree with each other's opinions. Okay? And so, again, is it sin or should love hide it? Proverbs tells us, the wise man says, it's the glory of a man or a woman to pass over a matter. It, not everything is a big deal. People don't have to see it my way. It doesn't have to go my way. I don't always have to win. Uh, that reveals a pride. If it's always got to be my way, no, it doesn't have to be my way. So important steps as we address these serious matters before the Lord. Now, let's close today by looking at the sweetness of following what God has said in His Word. Would you go to James 5? The sweetness of listening to what God has said and responding accordingly. This is how James ends this letter, and he says this in verse 19. Just like in Galatians 6, this is referring to brothers in Christ. Notice verse 19. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him. In the context, if we're talking to brethren, that word convert is not referring to eternal salvation. Right? It's not talking about that. But in the truest sense, that word means to change direction, to change thinking, and to change direction. So if I confess my sin, I am agreeing with God, and I confess that to Him, I agree with Him, Seek his forgiveness, but then the other part of confessing sin is going the other direction. And I do everything that I, I can, with the Lord's help, not to have any way of repeating that sin again. I go the other way. Well, the whole idea of conversion, when the Lord saved me, he made me a new creature in Christ. And the things that I used to do, don't do them anymore. I'm going the other direction. So if a Christian has let sin into their life, they're harboring some sin, James is saying, you need to know, the brethren, that if one converting, so he's going down this pathway, and a loving brother or sister steps in and says, wait a second here. What are you doing? Does this please the Lord? Do you realize how serious, how dangerous this is? You've got to stop. The bridge is out. Don't go this way. Go back. James is saying, and you convert him. Next verse, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from what? Sin is always deadly. In fact, say that with me, would you please? Sin is always deadly. Let's say it again. Sin is always deadly. 
Some of you need to be convinced of that. Well, it's okay if I just play with the snake once in a while. You are going to get bit. Sin is always what? It's always deadly. Okay? So when we step in to be a help to a brother or sister in Christ, and we convince them from God's word, this is what God thinks, this is what God says, this is what God says the end will be, you need to go the other way. Here, let me help you. Let's, let's go this way instead. Let him know that he that converteth a sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Why? Because if they continue down this path and they sin, others are going to be affected, others are going to be infected. We never sin in a vacuum. Families get hurt. Church families get hurt. It gets real messy. So if the sin doesn't happen and the believer makes the right choice to go the other direction, you've hidden a multitude of sins. That's the sweetness of this. Now, I will tell you that following this instruction in the Word of God, my flesh resists it. Pastor Coles and I, I don't know how many times had this talk. We, we both agreed. We hate confrontation. The, the, the least favorite part of, of, of my work. Now, I've met pastors. I think they think that's their, their high calling. I've got the gift of confront. And I've always scratched my head and thought, there's something wrong with you, buddy. Okay, you know, uh, that, I don't mind that. Really? All right. But when we deny the flesh... We do what the Lord has said. Here's, here's the wonderful news. Not only do you hide a multitude of sins, but you, you gain a brother. Remember, if you have all with a brother, you bring your sacrifice to the altar, and you remember that there's aught, there's something between you, leave your sacrifice, go, go make that right, and then come back and offer it. And in all these texts, the, the restitution, the, the correction, the restoration of the relationship... It's always stronger, it's always sweeter, it's always better. In fact, some of the closest relationships that I've had in the ministry have resulted or been strengthened when we've had to work through some of these very difficult things. And by the way, you get, you get a ways down the road from all that happened. You don't even remember, you just have a, you have a stronger relationship. Now, I'd, I've not read this, I've not researched this, but I've heard it multiple times, and probably you have too. What happens to the bone in the area where the break happens if it's set properly? You said it. It's stronger than before the break. Once again, I think the Lord is showing us in nature that's how He wants to do His work in the church. So, do you care enough? Do you love enough? Do you love the Lord enough to be willing to confront. And by the way, we need to each be willing to help others to do this. All right? Somebody comes and says, you know, and they start telling you about a problem that they should be dealing with. Stop. Let me just remind you, friend, brother, sister, this is what God expects of you. You know about it. You go take care of it. 
Let's not get the steps out of order here. You go and take care of it. And by the way, teenagers, same thing. As a youth pastor, teens would come to me and say, Pastor uh, Asher, did you hear about it? Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. And I would, before I knew any names, I would, I would ask this, what is the nature of the problem? Now, sometimes there immediately, I, I realize this is something where we have to get parents involved. But even there, we would follow the right steps. I was on it, but we follow the right steps. All right? Whatever's happened, how do you know? Well, I saw it. Okay, what does God expect from you? You go and you tell them or, or ask them, confirm it, tell them they need to get this right with whoever they've wronged. Okay? Give them enough time to be able to do that and then ask them. And if they haven't taken the time when they had the time, then we need to get others involved. But they brought you into it, uh, and God brought you into it by allowing you to know, now handle it biblically, and over and over I saw those things that, that could have become greater problems get resolved, uh, teens grew, relationships were strengthened, and people were helped. Now that doesn't just apply to teens, adults, this is the way it works, and God always honors faith and obedience. Will you care enough to confront? God cared enough about this to give us all the instruction we need to do this right. And if you don't follow the steps, it can make a problem even worse. So let's be willing to trust the Lord. Father, thank you for the practical help in your work. Lord, these are days when we need to be looking out for each other. The world, the flesh, the devil are out to destroy lives. And Satan would love nothing more than for your testimony, Lord Jesus, to be hurt uh, because Christians are not being careful. And if a brother or sister falls into sin, they're, they're not always careful to follow your instruction to help restore that, that uh, other one in the household of faith. So, Lord, would you help us today to be willing to commit to you, to care for each other, to love you enough that we're willing to love your body, our brothers and sisters, and to handle things biblically. So, Lord, would you help us to be obedient in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. The invitation is really simple. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands. But I wonder, as God's Word was preached today, if there's someone here and the Holy Spirit immediately brought a name or a face to your mind because you know someone's struggling and God wants to use you to be a help to them. You know if you've been resisting that and you're just hoping it'll get better on its own or somebody else will step in and help. No, you know God has obligated you now to go be a help. Right now, if, if that's your situation, would you be willing to say to God, by your grace, I'm going to obey your word. I'm going to follow the specific instruction that you've given to me, Lord. 
and I am going to go and help my brother or sister in Christ. Would you say that to the Lord right now? Mean it. Commit yourself to that. And then move, move as quickly as the Lord enables you to. But get that, get that taken care of. And then just generally Christian, I would encourage you to say to the Lord, I, there's no one in my mind right now that I need to come alongside of and help. But would you say to the Lord, I want to be that willing servant. Lord, make me willing whenever there's a situation like this to go and be a help. Would you say that to God? Now, Father, bless us as we conclude this invitation. Would you be glorified just in our responses from our hearts to the truth that you've given us today? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.